Hello, everyone. Welcome to my first podcast. Today, we are starting with the first segment of my question and answer series. In this series, I pose important questions to wise people in my community. The topics are big and relevant to us all. I hope you, as well as I, will come away from this with a much greater understanding of some fundamental issues we are all grappling with in today's world. So without further ado, let's dive into this. In this week's episode, I explore the subject of music, maestro, please. Evil. For some people, the forces of darkness are associated with a red guy with a pitchfork. For others, it may conjure up images of the worst horror film they ever saw. Or maybe some people might even be envisioning a secret agent from a 60s television series battling the malevolent forces of chaos. For myself, I would probably associate evil with a little bit of all of the above. But seriously, though, I would like to move beyond the fictionalized concept of the dark side and into a real-world understanding of it. With this notion in mind, here are the questions I posed to my guests. In the current political climate, the word evil is bandied about a lot. By demonizing one's opponents and comparing them to one of your favorite dictators from the 20th century, people have weaponized these concepts to further their own goals. But what is evil really? What is the Torah perspective on this concept? How do we identify it? How do we vanquish it? My first guest who is responding to this question is my much-loved, longtime mentor, Rebetzin Devorah Eisenbach. For those of you who are unfamiliar with this title, Rebetzin or Rabbanit is a term of respect given to female teachers in the Torah-observant world. Rebetzin Eisenbach has earned this title many times over. She has been teaching and inspiring women from all walks of life for over four decades now. Her current topic of interest is an 11th century Jewish text. The book titled Duties of the Heart is one of the first Jewish writings that deals with the subject of personal character improvement. Rebetzin Eisenbach is an expert in the area of character development. This can be easily observed in her teaching and simply put, the way she conducts her day-to-day life. Before we start this program, I would like to take this opportunity to translate one word that does not get translated during the interview. That word is Hashem. It is one of the Hebrew words for God. Now that we are all on the same page, let's roll the tape, as they say. Here is Rebetzin Eisenbach's insightful and inspiring response to my question. So you asked about evil and good. That's the opposite. Okay. We want to know what's really evil in order to decide what's going on. If we can use it as a, as a weapon or we use it as a description of anything, we have to know what we're talking about without defining it. We can't go anywhere. Anything's not a sensible situation. You could define it one way. I'll define it another way. And that actually is what happens today in, this, in the present time, is that people have their own idea of what's evil and their own idea of what's good. And um, as long as there's no simple, uniform understanding of what's good and what's evil, there's really no way to talk about it. It's just um, uh, taste and my taste. I think this is good. You think that is good. So the Torah approach is really a bit different than that. The Torah approach is that there really is good and evil in the world. And these both of these things can be defined. And because of that, we can see if we're getting closer to something that's good or going away from it, which is something evil, right? Bringing the world to a better place, closer to Hashem, closer to its purpose, closer to um, 
a good situation for mankind here, here and also in the world to come. That's all called good. What takes us further away, further away from Hashem, hurts other people for no reason, hurts the environment for no reason, destroys the world, takes us away from our real mission in life to come closer to Hashem, right? If anything like that is called evil, what takes us further away. That's the easy definition of good and evil. Right. But it doesn't work so much practically speaking unless we start to think for a second. What's it based on? Truth and falsehood in the world. Right. There's nothing that's true or false in the world, so there's also no good or no evil. All these values, we call them values. The truth is, the real truth is, that they are actually situations in the world that exist. Something is either true or it's not true. Whether or not we all want to think about it, it's true that people are here temporarily on a short-term visa, and afterwards they have to um, leave this world, whether they want to or not. And after they leave this world, they will get paid for what they did in this world, good or not good. Now this is not a matter of, um, I like to think this way, or I don't like to think this way, but it's a matter of reality. If we accept the reality, we work with the reality, we can have a great time here making this, using this world as best as we can. Right. And later, enjoying the fruits of our labors. If we don't, so what happens is that we dissipate our energy in this world because we go after all kinds of things that aren't helping us go towards our goal. I don't know if this is helping you at all. I think it's really, I think it's very, really very interesting is what you're saying. interesting? Yes, absolutely. Okay, so we'll try to make it a little bit more fo- focused for people. I think it's quite, I think it's, you're really getting to the heart of things. Okay, so, all right, so we'll continue. So, we have to understand that if there's no good and bad, no good, no good and bad, no truth and falsehood, so really there's no way to speak to anybody about anything. The whole world is just, uh, take it as it is if you want to. I say there's a Mack truck coming down the hill and you should get out of the way. You don't think so, so you won't. Now if I say, well, it's too bad you have to go to the hospital, yeah, you'll say, who said, right? Maybe we wouldn't be able to talk. Oh. Okay, but you, don't, you just don't accept it. I don't accept that there are red lights in the world. I just go through the red lights because I don't accept it. Now, everyone's going to say that's ridiculous. Of course there's this right and wrong in, this, in the world. Every policeman will tell you you have to pay for going through the red light, right? So how can you even say that if there's no right and wrong? There is right and wrong. It's obvious that there's right and wrong and there's good and evil in the world. And there's truth and falsehood in the world too. And we all know it. It's implanted within us. And within, with that, it's implanted within us that we all want to be good people. And we all want to connect to something bigger than us. We all want to search for meaning. We want our lives to be worthwhile and meaningful. And we want to be givers too. That's another thing that's implanted within us. And we want to access the good. We want to be good people. So much so that even Osama bin Laden's mother said he was a good kid. He just had bad friends. <laughs> this idea... really is that we all justify what we're doing as good it's a judgment call then if we say doing this thing that was really evil because it hurts other people takes them away from their real mission life it's a selfish thing that destroys the world and we call it good because it's what we want to do so we're just lying to ourselves it doesn't change the reality the reality is we've done something evil we call it good 
So this is a, a matter of semantics on one hand. The person says, I, I don't, I'm a good person. Of course I'm a good person. What do you think? Everyone thinks of himself as a good person. They want, everyone wants to be a good person. And people justify even the most worst, terrible things, crimes, as they were doing for good reason. They were defending their honor, or they were defending their people, or they were defending their, their space, who knows what, but it was good in their, in their idea. So this is something we have to understand. This is a, a problem with um, our mind, our, our, our headset today, is that we don't understand that there really truly is good and evil, falsehood and truth. And until we come to that and say, yes, I must understand what's true and what's not true. I must understand what's good and what's not good. Because if I don't, I'm living in not just a fog, it's like a sea of mud. And I'm just going from one thing to another without any purpose at all. So how do we... Do you feel like... uh, Do you think you can put your finger on how we would identify it around us? So the first thing we have to know is that Every I mean, person, you could say, it's okay to say that it's, you know, that you, it's not so easy, but maybe it depends on how you look, you know, I, I'm, it's interesting to hear what your take is on it. Okay, I want yeah. to say, we could say, um, we can also say this way, that inborn within us is an idea, is an idea that we have to pay for what we get. We can't steal go into a store with a little kid and he starts taking the toys off the, the shelf and the mommy says to him, the father says to him one second we have to pay and the child says what's that pay what's pay we can't take without paying we can't go through this world without paying and still feel ourselves as good people okay the culture tells us get what you can you don't have to pay get it for free but that's an excuse for not looking at the truth of the situation. The truth of the situation is that a person feels like a human being when he acts like a human being, and when he acts like an animal without any idea of what's true, and without any idea of what's good, without any idea of uh, connecting to a higher force, without any idea of um, gratitude, he feels like an animal. And we can see it when a person is in a situation where he must give to a small, to a small child who's starving, or eat the food himself. He has more food at home, but this child is starving. He sees it. Now, let's say he walks by and he says, okay, let the kid die of starvation. For some reason, he says it, okay? And then he sees in front of his eyes the kid is dying of starvation. So what's going to happen? Afterwards, he's going to feel like he didn't act like a person. He acted like an animal. And it's true. He didn't use his intuitive sense of good and bad, of right and wrong, to, to force himself to do what's difficult for himself to give up some of his food. And now he feels like an animal, and he was acting like an animal. It's something funny because people say about a politician or someone, when they do something disgusting, they say, ah, he's just human, right? They right. If just humans can make mistakes, and he just made a mistake, he's just human. He went after his drives, they would say, yeah? But the truth is, he's just an animal. He's acting like an animal. The whole idea of being a human being is being in control of who we are. That's the whole greatness of a person, how much he's in control. He takes away from himself his emotional and, um, I don't know, sensual drives that he has to get something. And he says, is this true? Is this right? Is this something I should do? Not do I feel like doing it? Should I do it? Okay? How do we identify, maybe you're touching on it a little bit right now, but we're talking a lot about how we identify 
like how we get rid of evil inside of ourselves and how we uh, educate our children how to behave better, to, to go towards good. But is there a way to identify really at this in somebody else? Is there... Uh-huh. Is it something that we can really see? Like, there's a Torah concept that every generation we have um, what we call Amalek. And so this is an embodiment of, of, I don't know, I'm saying it right. I'm actually going to pass this over to you. The embodiment of evil? Yeah. Okay, listen, that's... We say that this is written down in each generation. And is there some way to actually be able to identify that? Is is there not? Okay, that's an interesting Um, question. And even if we can't identify it, can we still... How do we get rid of it? Okay, so when we're talking first, we have to talk more about ourselves because really, before we're judging other people and putting them into this category of another, we have to really be careful about judging ourselves. So in order to get rid of our our drives that pull us for to be um, more physically involved in the world, to get more for ourselves or to get more honor from other people, to use them, which are two main drives that we have, to get physical pleasure and to get social acceptance or gratification, okay? We have, thank God, we have the Torah. And that gives us a set of rules that's going to help us to to be in control of ourselves and our actions so that we get used to using our mind and deciding, is this right or wrong? Because until we come to the point we're going to start using our mind to decide, is this right or wrong? We're just acting like an animal. So this is the cusp of it, perhaps, that we have to try to work on fact. We have to try to decide, is this the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do? I should do it or I should not do it. Not do I want to do it or not. So we're fighting this battle all the time. It's comfortable. I'd like to do it. Is it good? Should I do it? That's a real battle for each of us between what's right and what's wrong, what's true and what's false. Now, when we talk to somebody else, we see somebody else acting, we can only judge their actions. We don't know their intent. Okay. 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 So that's the bottom line. The bottom line is that we can't, we can know that there's a Molech in every generation. And certainly there are many people that intend to kill the Jewish people, intend to get rid of HaKadosh Baruch Hu out of the world and tend okay. to... Okay, um, and you want to clarify HaKadosh Baruch Hu to okay. audiences who might not know no, what want that to means. get rid of any God consciousness from the world. There are people like that, okay? Right. For sure they're fighting against God and fighting against the Jewish people and fighting against the Torah. For sure that's not a good stance. Now the question is, do they do it on purpose or maybe they don't know better? Okay, so when we come to judging people, we're going to be in a very tight spot because we can't tell what somebody else is thinking. And what they're thinking, yeah. if they're thinking, okay, and they're using their brain, that is really the main thing. A person could be, we say, intend, let's say a person intends to do good, but it doesn't come out, it doesn't work. He's still credited as if he had done good. And the same thing if somebody threw a stone at someone and intended to kill him, and instead he killed a, a, a poisonous snake that was next to this person about to attack it, He's not a good person. He was trying to kill this person. Actually, Hashem turned the stone to hit the snake. So, so we, we, we have to know it's really according to his intent. We can see for ourselves. If a person um, drove down a street, lower lane, and they killed somebody, it's called manslaughter. He's not just getting the same 
um, punishment. He doesn't deserve the same punishment as if he went and he intended to kill him, right? That's in a different whole story. So we have to work on purifying our intent, seeing what is our intent, getting to know what's our intent, and really it's better for us to look at our own selves than to look at the rest of the world because so, we can't understand them. Right. I, so I'm just kind of bouncing it back a little bit, trying not to be too redundant, but also trying to clarify for people out there that um, it's really hard to identify this because we can only look at people's actions. We don't know what's in their hearts. Also, um, you know, in, in, to identify what is what is just general e- evil out okay. there. I mean, it would be it, there's also just general evil. Would you just apply the same concepts? Yeah, certainly, this you know, is true. Like there wouldn't necessarily be what we call um, Amalek, which is the evil force that is directed um, towards the Jewish people, but it comes from God. I hope I'm saying it right. It's not a, a separate entity. It's everything comes from God. Everything is brought to this earth to challenge us from God directly. You know, the, even the bad is considered, mm-hmm. you know, for, you know, might be difficult, but it's for a good reason. So um, nothing, no one functions on independent of God. Uh, everything is connected. But uh, would it be fair to say that, like, you could apply sort of the general concept of somebody acting in an evil way and how to vanquish it, how to understand it? We would apply these same concepts okay. to the world in, in general, the, okay. the, the, you know, the human race in general. Okay, so it's a good question. Really, we have the Torah, the whole world has the Torah. The Torah, the Bible, is, is the best, best-selling book in the world. It was given to the whole world, right? right. The Jewish people have a special role. And we're thankful for that. But the whole world has, among other things, seven mitzvahs, seven commandments that God gave to the whole world, to every single person in the world. Among them is to set up courts of, of justice, okay? Besides getting rid not to murder and not to steal. A person could look up the seven Noahide mitzvahs to find out what they are. Uh, mitzvahs means laws, the yeah, seven Noahide tied, laws. Yeah, directives, we might say. Okay, or directives. Seven, seven Noahide, because they were given to Noah and to the whole world, seven directives of how to live a good, honest life. Right. If a person does that, so they have done their job here, that's what their job is. right? If a person doesn't do that, or they try not to do that on purpose, and people have done that through the generations, okay? Then they come they come to, they have to pay for it later on. They have to pay for it later on. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it, yeah? But right now, we're in a situation that it's hard for us to judge other people. Um, each of us, if we clarify for ourselves and we're committed to doing those directives that are our responsibility for the seven, or the Jewish people have 613, so uh, six hundred thirteen law directives. Okay. okay, and many of them are not actually applicable today. It's many less, but in any case, because we don't have the temple yet rebuilt. Right. But um, in any case, if a person does what's required of him, right, then he's doing good. And now, if he sees other people that aren't doing that, so he can be an example for them. That's the strongest way to help. Right to vanquish evil, to be very much proactive about doing the good. That's the best way to do it. 
and uh, there's no there's no such thing as a va- as a vacuum. So if a person has an opportunity to just go and do good, then he's going to bring more good, more consciousness of God's presence into the world, and he will help to eradicate evil. It's not in our hands. God's in charge of the world, but we can do whatever we can to bring more good into the world. I think that's the best way to do it, to try to work on the positive. And so, we're, so it starts with us. It starts with us, and, yeah. it ends with, and it's our responsibility. And this is... Um, and to focus, be focused more on on what we're that we we're not not to be trying to understand so much what's going on in somebody else's heart but more to because we it's very hard to understand other people's intentions we just have to identify what's not a good way of behaving yeah and we have to stay far away from that and instead we have to try to promote good no, it shouldn't be lazy. Just say, okay, and not, and not be so, happen. And perhaps not be so focused on what exactly is in somebody else's heart. Like that maybe yeah, that's one really... thing. Not to think, not to double guess, uh, second guess somebody else. What they're thinking, we don't know, okay? But we know that they're here. In order to bring us closer, we should wake up and say, this is terrible. We've got to be not lazy, but to get to work, bring more good to the world. That would be the... That is really the best way to get rid of Amalek. By the way, it says about Amalek that we're, we were tired we're tired and we're like apathetic and that's when Amala came we have to be aware Amala is the is once again the, the, evil. The, the evil force directed particularly there's all kinds of uh, evil there can be different kinds of evil forces out there right, but just specifically the evil directed against directed the Jewish people, people. Yeah, okay. right, in each generation but we have to know and every person has to know that if we just sort of live our lives and just enjoy this world for whatever physical pleasures and and social pleasures we have here, we've missed the point. And we're weakening and we should, ourselves to be yeah. to be more vul- vulnerable, vulnerable That's to true. these kinds of forces. That's true. Um, yeah. Being, but rather, know. we should be proactive, seek out to do good, and and to work on that, and pray that God should help us to do more good in the world and bring more of His presence here. And thank you very much. And thank you. Thanks very much. It mm-hmm. was lovely. Thank you.